Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. In this era of time, in this moment encapsulated in our short time here on Earth, I find myself really liking my children. I have not always been. (laughs) Honestly, it shocks me too. I have not always been the best parent. You guys know how I feel about toddlers. They are miniature, loud, sticky, torture devices. Yes, they shouldn't be released to the general public. Uh, Babies are sometimes even worse. They cry uncontrollably and really for seemingly no reason. Um, Small children, mine in particular, not yours, I'm sure yours are perfect, um, were the bane (laughs) of my existence. They drove me to depression. I had to be medicated. Uh, It was very hard for me when my children were little. I was just not a good mother of small humans. Mm. It wasn't my space. Yep. And I kept thinking, oh, this has to get easier. This, 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 or, or I'm going to have to end it all. Like, this has to get easier. End and it you all. know what, friends? A little troubling uh, statement again. there. Uh, again, um, I find myself, they're 20, 18, and 16. I find myself in the golden age of parenting. Mm. I love being with them. I miss them when they're gone. They actually do chores without being asked. They contribute to the family. They talk to me like a person. They have original thoughts and ideas. I find late teens, early 20s, before they have their Hmm. families, that I find this is the golden age of parenting. Wow. What is your, and, and parents of older kids, I'm curious to know, what was the golden age for you does it keep getting better does it is this it am i peaking and am i done did you love babies i mean adam what was it for you like what well i'm not saying that i I disliked any certain parenting age but i see i differ when you i when i think back i love the when they were toddlers i loved really yeah because and again I, they weren't terrible kids. They weren't like we didn't. I don't remember a lot of meltdowns. I mean, everybody, yeah, every my, kids, maybe mine were hellish. Every kids are going to have meltdowns, but and I liked it more than the infant age too. I mean, babies are babies. I mean, you know, awful. They, they do their like plants. Awful. That That's a, your awful. first word. Ugh. Awful. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. And I had a colicky baby. Uh, Morgan was very mm. colicky, so that was like sheer terror for about six You'll weeks. Send her back. Um, yeah. yeah ter- seriously. But no, I loved when they were toddlers. Just the. Just the, I mean, I'll go back and look at those videos I have of like Sig as a toddler, and it just melts my heart. Where they're just, I mean, they're so cute. Yeah, they're cute. And they're Thank just, God they're cute because otherwise we would murder them. And everything so is so new, and everything is so crazy. Like oh, you get, like everything is so exciting, no matter what it is. And that probably was like at least again, it's all good for me. And again, and my personality has always been. Okay, they were good young. Now they're going to be terrible when they get older. And they're still like, they still surprise me like, God, these kids are good. What is going on here? I even told Morgan one time, hey, you know, you can get into a little trouble. You know, I'm not going to, you know, don't steal a car or anything, but, you know, you can, you know, push the envelope a little bit. And I'm, I'm continually surprised how good my kids are. I will say this. It's very, this might be the most stressful time right now 
where I have a kid oh. who's going to be a senior mm-hmm. uh, next mm-hmm. year. So we're, you know, mm-hmm. we're, it's college time. We're thinking about that. Uh, she's starting to drive, which is great because, man, like Monday night, I was driving from, I don't know, 5 o'clock until 9.30 at night all over St. Paul and back. And Jen, my wife, man, she is constantly driving constantly mm-hmm. and it's like i can i i'm like this can end this 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 part can end soon enough where we're driving all over every single moment and getting to this and that but that's hard so that's yeah hard. i'm gonna say to- i think the toddler I'm, 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 I'm that was the golden age for me okay and i am in no way by the way i just want to preface this conversation these children are not perfect. These humans that came out of my uterus, Nobody they right. get in trouble all the time. They make bad choices sometimes. You know, what, I'm, what I'm saying is I am enjoying parenting them right now. Like the problems that we are solving together, even the, the getting into college or the writing the college essays or, you know, taking the ACTs or, or Marley getting ready to travel abroad. Uh, you know, Ruby looking for what kind of job, after school job she wants to get. You know, things like that. Like yeah. I, I enjoy Having adult conversations. Having adult conversations with their kids. Yes. You know, it's not because my children are perfect. And of course, I think they are. But, you know, no one no one's perfect. Right. But um, it's just about I am I enjoy being with them like like last night. I mean, it was so silly. We all like sat around like the other night we watched the Michigan game and did a puzzle together. Like for me, that's life. That's happiness. I am so that was like such a happy night for me. And I want wanted to reflect on that. You know, after my illness, I try to reflect daily on a lot of gratitude. And thank God I'm here to experience that with them. Yeah, but I and then I've just been really like they went to sleep at their dad's last night in Eden Prairie. And I missed them. Miss them. And I could, they just got home and I couldn't, you know, yep. jumped in bed with me and we snuggled for a little, like, again, they're old, but they're, I just feel like this is the golden age of parenting. And I also know that soon they're going to graduate and have jobs and move out yep. and, and have their own children, which is going to be their priority, not like hanging out with me. So I know then that this have, is temporary. You're going to have grandkids then. Well, and someone's, and someone texted in that. Someone said, oh, you're still young. It's grandchildren. And my own mother said that to me. She said, you're a nightmare. Grandchildren were worth it, by the way. I mean, she didn't say that I was a nightmare. But again, she said, grandchildren have made it all worth it, yep. raising us. So I am excited. I have grandchildren on, on Mark's side, and I am really excited about that. And they are a love and a doll, and I just mm, I love to eat them up. But I am... Um, I just, I don't know, I wanted to take a minute on the radio also to ask advice. Yes. Because we have many listeners that are a little little bit older than us and younger. Um, what what do you think was your golden age great, of parenting? Great question. I hope it just gets better, but I'm curious. It's a great question. Uh, somebody says six months uh, to four was the golden age for me. Oh, okay. Love, love them. Kids. Love them now as adults, but that was a special mm-hmm. age. Love the toddler Fair. years, but now that my daughter is a mom herself and I tell her that, she says, Mom, learn from the best. So for oh. me, young years and the older years have so many benefits. I'm the opposite of Jordana. In this respect, I like mm. my kids better when they were little because now they're teenage boys and they're not very fun. Yeah, they stink. Right. Boys start exactly. to stink. Yes. And, you know, yes. their voice starts it. to change and they kind of get mm-hmm. weird. And and they don't want to hang out with you. And then, trust me, I would not wish 
a 12-year-old girl on my worst enemy. I mean, they're <laughs> a nightmare. You know, the hormones and the periods and the boys and the bullying. They get so mean. And, yeah. oh, my gosh, 12-year-old girls, that is a whole nother set of problems. I remember when Marley turned 12, I asked a friend of mine. Um, I said, wow, this is really hard. She goes, Jor? I cried from the day she, – she was telling me, she goes, I cried from the day she turned 12 till she turned 22. She said that, like, that was a really hard time for her and her daughter, yeah. but after 22, it got better. So I know everybody has a different experience. This is just my personal experience, mm-hmm. and I knew I was not a good mother of babies. Um, teenagers are, are better for me. I, I, I get it. I, I, I think I, – I'm going to say I don't know if anybody's going to – any parent's going to say infants – because it's like some people love babies. Yeah, but it's usually other people who love people love other people's oh. babies. That's what it is. Your baby is like this is my new baby. This is my new human I have to keep alive. And that adds to the stress. So I doubt anybody's going to say infants. Yes, when they were infants because yeah, they're up in all night. They scream. They can't communicate with you like nightmare. You know. Uh so boy Mm-hmm. I, 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 plants that poop. That's what they are. That's plants what they are. that poop. And yeah. so, they keep you and, and yell. Plants that poop and yell. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bet right now nobody is gonna say yes when they were just infants. That was my favorite time. <clears throat> Someone says, if I had known how fun a grandparent being a grandparent would be, I would have done that first. <laughs> I, I feel like my parents think that way. We weren't bad, but I, I was afraid of them. But they, yeah, being grandparents, I heard is is. And again, I have two uh, step uh, grandchildren, three. Excuse me, one doesn't live here, so I don't get to see him that much. And they are delicious, and I love when they come over. So yes, 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 I get that. Great question. What is the golden age of parenting? Six five one four six one. 9226 would love a phone call here, but text coming in as well on the WCCO Talk and Text Line. Your response is next on a Winging It Wednesday with Adam and Jordana. What is the golden age of parenting? I bring this up on this Winging It Wednesday because I am finding, for me, at least I feel right now, uh, when my kids are late teens, uh, they don't have their own lives. They're not grown and flown yet. They're still on the payroll. I get that. (laughs) But... They can wipe their own asses and put on their gloves and they're potty trained and um, and they're not mean anymore like 12-year-old girls are. Um, I feel like they're more settled in their lives. Nice. And chime they're in. interesting and fun. And I am, Did they I am just learn a, how to wipe their own butts, right. by the way? Because you That's keep talking about that. Uh, I've got a three and a five-year-old. They know how to do that too, Jordana. Well, I tell it's you. Not I that. It did you learn like in middle school when the wipe <laughs> they or didn't. what's going on? They didn't, but it was just being toddlers just traumatized me. And maybe because they're two years apart. So <clears throat> I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn. You know, it was hard for me. I, I don't know. I just was not a good parent of babies and toddlers. Yeah. And I feel like I am enjoying my children and 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 connecting with them more as teenagers. And my question to you is, what was the golden age of parenting for you? And maybe you haven't gotten there yet. You know, maybe your kids well, like Adam, like David, I mean, your kids are babies. I, I can't imagine you're going to say, oh, I loved, you know, when they were one year old and that's it. I, I've peaked. You have so much more to experience. Yeah. So it's hard. For but, you. And that's a good note because somebody texted in too. being single with no kids is the best time. We should give a shout out to oh, the people with no kids because absolutely. that is a choice mm-hmm. and it's not. They should not be mm-hmm. shamed. There should not be any sort of judgment nope. on somebody. Nope. I just saw a clip of a comedian, Mark Marin, talking about this, about 
about not having kids. It's like, whoa, you know, it's like we're all so conditioned. Well, you gotta gotta get married, gotta have kids. No, you don't. You don't have to no, have kids. You, you do don't not. have to bring humans into the world mm-hmm. uh, if you don't want to. That's your choice. You so, are enough, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a shout out mm-hmm. to the people who decided not to have kids or to, or maybe just didn't have kids for whatever reason. Um, well, that's right. My wife has chimed in. Uh, I liked oh, eight yeah, to ten. Yeah. She says I liked eight to ten. Okay. After that, my kids became a holes. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Ryan, I uh, was always my sweet little boy. Now he's a douche. <laughs> I asked her, by the way, if I could read that on the air. She said yes. yes. <laughs> that happens with boys. And the- also, Jen. Jen is also the designated driver. Oh, because she's her constantly kids on the motion. Yes. It's constantly. They, mm-hmm. And that's really hard, Jen. You're always in the car. And at that point, they're on their Spotify. They don't even want to talk to you. Nope. You know, when you're in the car, you're like, oh, at least I'll bond with them. No. Oh, they're no. turning on their no. music or they're getting they're getting ox and they're playing their crap in the car. Yeah. Jen, it gets better. It does. I, it's it's wow. so it's true, though. Like, and I, I remember being a kid and a teenager and like... My mom and my dad always saying, well, you only just give one word. Why, why do you, you know, and it's like, who cares? And now I'm the same person. I'm like, how was school? Let me guess. Fine or good, right? Fine. Yes. <laughs> like, do you care to elaborate at all? Or, no, it was uh, fine. Yeah. It was over. Although I'm guilty. Sometimes my kids say, how was the show? I said, it's over. Let's move on. Yes. You, know, you don't necessarily want wow. to talk about work. The Jeez. show's in radio heaven. It's over. <laughs> so I'd maybe, rather talk about maybe that. Maybe that says something about your radio partner there. I don't know. Absolutely not. Absolutely. No. Uh, usually, you know, it's funny because, Adam, honestly, like I, I – I, I talked about this when the kids came to you know jump in bed with me this morning. I said I'm going to talk about you yeah. guys and um and and they said they're like they said they're having a lot of fun with me now too because I'm a person I you know I mean you know I'm not so sleep deprived anymore mm-hmm. and we have a real relationship like a like an adult relationship and that, I don't people. I don't know your kids well but I've met all of them and been around them they are very they are quality young adults they're very they, personable that's not kind. they, that's they kind. you know. Because, you, know, you know, some kids are just like, hey, wallflowers, you know, like, not yeah. d- or just wallflower. Like my Morgan's kind yeah. of like a, sh- you know, kind of a wallflower. Like once she opens up and gets to know you, but uh, they're very, your kids are very personable. Very well, that's so nice. Young adults. Say. Yeah. How they some of the came from you, are, I have are, no idea, no. but I have no idea. Again, I just got lucky. God gave me these three kids and was like, all right, well, it's bad enough. They have to have you as a mom. So I'm going to make them good humans. Uh, this texture says the best time with my three little boys was between ages four and six. They were old enough to play independently, but young enough to still sit on my lap so I could hug them. Now, if you had three little boys between ages four and six, you deserve a medal because boys, when they're little, yeah. are uh, they can be a real challenge. So um, good for you. That's and true. Thank you I for think, sharing. Yep, that. I think it's the boys are tougher when they're younger and girls are tougher when they're older. Right. Th- th- that's what this texture yep. says. This texture says, when my daughter turned 13, I went from her best friend to being the biggest geek in the world in one day. I, I, they turn on us. And they're done that, yep. I loved birth t- until 16 or 17, then oh boy. All right. Uh, this texture says, my golden age of children would have been to, oh, to have had any children. It can no longer happen. Give them a hug, no matter what age they are. I, and that's, you know what? I want to be sensitive to that too. Yep. And Adam did give a shout out to people who either could not or did not have children. Mm-hmm. I understand. And I'm sorry if this is an insensitive conversation. Let's see. I wanted that. It just keeps getting better, this texter says. At 82, I'm enjoying every minute the kids and the grandkids shower on me and the beauty of watching them raise their kids. Oh, let me tell you. I I think about that sometimes. That's why I don't want to rush it. 
But the, I mean, if, you know, those little grandbabies, I eat up Mark's little grandbabies when they come over, like my own. I just, I can't wait to, uh, for my kids to also see yeah. what they produce. I don't think exciting. I've ever heard of a grandparent saying, you know what, I, my grandkids are annoying. I just, they're a they're, jerk. I yeah. mean, it's like, they're, it's automatic. <laughs> And all, almost to the point where, like my dad, God love my dad, bless him, and wherever he is now. But yeah, yeah. it was like when we would bring the kids over, it's like, I don't know you anymore. I just want to deal with your kids. And yeah, you, right. get, you get out of the I way. Mean, yeah. You could do your own thing. And it'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. all right, I get it. For sure. For sure. A couple, just a couple more texts to wrap it up. For us, this texture says, for sure, it was newborn infant stage. My wife was a NICU nurse and knew everything. Well, that's really helpful when you do have, uh, you know, an, uh, a nurse in the house to kind of help you through all of those. Why are they crying? What was this yeah. poop color normal? You know, to <laughs> all of that stuff. That's, that's helpful. Uh, this texture, golden age of parenting, definitely babies to six years. The wonder in their faces, the joy of learning, the new experience, the language development, uh, and for sure adored my babies. Give me a pooper diaper, poopy diaper any day over the problems with teenagers. Uh, that and, and again, I really commend the parents. There are many parents like that, that love the babies. They are malleable. They listen. They're excited about school. I get that. And, you know, if a tantrum in Target is your biggest problem or a poopy diaper, those are manageable. I respect that. I was just really, uh, me personally, was really bad at it. Good one. That's a good uh, good wing in it. I like that one. Good conversation. Good. Uh, I'm going to change it up, get a little more negative. Do we need to change the names of bugs? Uh, we'll get into that <laughs> next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Okay, I hate to be that guy, but I got to draw a line now when we're changing names uh, to rec- to reconcile with our history when it comes to uh, bugs and plants. I'm sorry. I, I There have been things that we've changed names of that I absolutely uh, supported. Uh, the Washington Redskins, yes, that name needed to go away. Uh, changing Lake Calhoun to Bidet Macosca, no, I'm not upset about that. It's hard to say Bidet Macosca, but now it's kind of fun to yeah. say. Mm-hmm. But you are the one who uh, drew my attention to this article that now the uh, the ornological community. Uh, no, that's uh, is ornological. That's birds, right? Uh, the people who deal with um, scientists who deal with the flora and the fauna. Insects. Insects. Oh, oh, the botanists. Botanists and people who deal with insects. Uh, I'm not smart enough to know what those people are called. Yeah, I have so to maybe Google they, that. But they're changing names now, or they're pursuing to change names of certain insects and plants because, oh, the person that it was named after, the person who discovered the plant, uh, was somebody who wasn't a great person. Entomologist. Entomologist. Bugs. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Bugs. Uh, an example here, Hibertia, which nobody's ever heard of Hibertia except for a few people who study this stuff. Uh, it's a plant commonly known as guinea flowers. Uh, a scientist working on that discovered that Hibertia is named after George Hibbert, who uh, was the patron of botany, but he was also a slave owner who died, wait for it, in 1837. He was a slave owner, and yes, he argued in front of Parliament as a member of the British Parliament uh, opposing abolition. So 
Ron, so he was a British slave owner, British, or like, did Brit- he live in America? No, he was a British slave owner who uh, okay. who, who argued against abolition. So he was on the wrong side okay. of history. Yes. Was George Hibbert? Yes, he was. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like many people are on the wrong side. We all hope that you know once we pass on, and that if if we know about it or not, or our generations later will look at us and say, "Boy, you know they really they fought the good fight." Some of us don't do that. Uh, they do, we don't fight the good. Some of us uh, believed in things that later on we determined, eh, that's not good for, for an advancing society. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's making an effort to change the plant name. Like, really? We're changing plant names now because a guy uh, was a slave owner and argued against abolition. I think, again, I'm not saying that all of these fights, I don't want to be that guy saying, ah, you, you mm-hmm. know, like the, like the state flag, uh, change the state flag. It mm-hmm. was boring. Mm-hmm. It was racist. Change it. But I think there are certain examples where we can say, okay, really? Do we need to really change names of plants and bugs? Um, I think we probably do. Oh, come on. I think we do. And only because when you know better, you do better. And this guy, I guess he he identified this insect for the first time. So obviously that's why, or I guess he named it after himself. But it's not that he was just a slave owner. Like, for example, John C. Calhoun. It's not that John C. Calhoun was just a slave owner like this guy, the insect guy. It's they were advocates for slavery. They were outspoken. They were staunch against repressing another human for their benefit. Mm -hmm. And yes, it was wrong then, by the way, because they talk about slaves in the Bible. So slavery has always been wrong. It was wrong then. It's wrong now. And look, if if you want to defend like a Thomas Jefferson or something, it's like, oh, well, they were slave owners or whomever, Washington, whomever, and say they were slave owners. Yes, that was wrong. But I think to advocate for uh, against abolition, to to die on that hill, to say I slavery is the best thing and we can't lose it. I think that crosses a line. And also. Why? Why should we remember somebody who was clearly a bad person? Give it to somebody else or just call it orange bug. You know, I, I was looking at a picture of it. I mean, it looks This is orange. a plant. First of all, or this a is a plant. plant. Okay. But how do we know clearly he was a bad person? He believed call it spiky. in... Well, his legacy it was to fight for the keeping of slavery. Right? It was. And we can view that now in 2024 saying, yeah, that was awful. But... Uh, he wasn't like the only one with those views. And I, again, that doesn't make it right either. I know, but right. But okay. It, all right. I'll put it this way and take it for what it's worth. Again, I'm going to go like drop the, the Jew bomb on you. But in, in, in Judaism, when somebody dies, we say, may their memory be a blessing. Yeah. And when somebody awful dies, like a terrorist or, you know, Hitler, Hamas yeah. or somebody who advocates for um, for some kind of genocide or the Holocaust denier, somebody, when somebody terrible dies, we say, may their memory be forgotten. Because that is the worst thing if your memory is, for, if you are forgotten, if it's like you never existed, it, you know, you may their memory be forgotten uh, because they were a bad person. And what we're doing when we keep and I, I know this is sort of a religious bend on this no but it, but when we keep somebody's name yeah. alive it it continues their legacy okay and his legacy was a crappy one his legacy 
was an advocate for slavery. That is a bad person. And maybe it was not a bad person in 1837, but it is now. And now that we know better, we should do better. So let's forget him now. His legacy has lived long enough. He was a jerk. David, you wanted to say something here? Um, I do. I think this is actually simpler than we're making it. I think like the, we can all agree that some things should have their names changed. The name of the Washington football team is a good example. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very clear that needs you. We also, I think, can agree that there needs to be an end to it. Like if there's no end to it, we're going to change names of everything. And every generation. For, and every too, generation. We're going to find and, things that were wrong yes. with people. And so why so, is that bad? Okay, so there's, but there has to be a line. There has to be a, like, that's enough. No, there enough. doesn't. Because in every generation, there could be new great people. Name it after somebody really good. Call it the Harry and Tubman plant. You're going to change so. the name of every darn thing in the universe. If you go dig up garbage about everybody who's invented anything pretty soon every name's going to be gone and everything in our society is going to be called a1fp2 because there's no name that's sacred so to me there's got to be a line somewhere right. and i think the line is actually to me simple here so think of the lake calhoun example mm-hmm. uh mr calhoun was not a good individual no. he was also not the one to discover that lake like th- we changed the name to a Native American name, which is actually not rewriting history. It was correcting history. We had forgotten about the Native Americans that were there first, yes. and we had named it after somebody else who wasn't a good guy, so we're going back and fixing that. In this case, if the guy who's not a great guy, if he was really the first one to discover that bug, there's no other history to go back to. You just have to name it something that means nothing, and if that's the other option... I think you stick with the name. If there was like a Native American or somebody else who had discovered the bug before him, then sure, then let's go correct that and name it after them. But if there's not, I I think you have to keep it and you have to not worry about fixing every name of anyone who's ever done anything wrong in the world. That's a good argument against it. And the, and that the, is a good argument, especially with the example of the John Calhoun, because we renamed it. You know, white people renamed it yeah. uh, and took it, the name away from the Native Americans who were, have been here forever. So mm-hmm. you make an excellent argument, David, but I still disagree. Again, it also is a good argument for like from here on out, maybe just stop naming things after people. <laughs> just we're because, not perfect. Well, like uh, again, like, so, OK, here's an I deer hunt, right? I've killed deer with a mm-hmm. rifle. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. People already, there's a certain part of the population that objects to that, that says, no, in this day and age, you know, but, and so maybe like in 10 years from now, they'll outlaw hunting and saying, can't, God, can you believe that we as humans shot innocent mm-hmm. animals and killed them? And you know who did that? Adam Carter did that. Not like anybody's going to mm-hmm. name anything for me anyway, but mm-hmm. really, I mean, I was just participating in activity that is legal. And if another generation comes along and says, boy, that was... And no, I'm not equating deer hunting to slavery. I think we all can agree no, no, that slavery analogy, was an no, awful, no. awful thing. But what I'm saying is there was a certain part, a group of people that believed in it and fought for it. And yes, that was terrible that they did that. But it wasn't out of the realm of crazy thought in that period of time. In the same article about this plant with the slave yeah. advocator, there's also a beetle named after Hitler. Okay, be that honest. one, yeah. I'd like the, the the Hitler beetle to go away. I think that's a bad choice. Yeah. Okay. I think the yes. And there's certain. Okay. <laughs> if you're naming that beetle like in honor of Adolf Hitler, 
Uh, boy, uh, feel bad for that Beatle, too, by the way. Really? I'm the Beatle that gets the Hitler name? Also, that's different, though, because Hitler did not discover that Beatle. It was named True. after him. So that's a th- that's a True. different scenario that I think is and on the other end of that line. And it's also different in that there wasn't like a certain b- part of the population at that point that thought killing six million people of a certain race was mm-hmm. a good idea. That like that was no, that was that was from his deformed um, view on on Earth. Yes. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, killing Jews is a bad thing. I know there's a certain part of the population that d- does that. No, maybe we should rethink mm-hmm. that. That I think is a different argument than than slavery in this case. I just feel like, especially when it comes to bugs, th- an area that m- minuscule people pay attention to. And even yeah. like the, in this article that where it's talking about this, there are scientific, uh, there are scientists too who say you know these these names actually have become part of the nomenclature of science. In that we don't look at uh, the mm. Herbertia as George Hibbert; it's just Herbertia. It's the plant now. Herbertia. Oh, and we don't think it, of yes. it. We don't mm-hmm. think of him. It doesn't. It's not like the George Hibbert plant. Correct, and it's registered okay. as such. Where it's like I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, it takes a lot of work to figure. Oh, let's get to the bottom of this and. And again, we can do that and we peel back the onion and find a lot, a lot of stuff on people where it's like certain people would object, object to it. But I think your argument, you still haven't changed my mind, but I think your argument about the fact that it is so, um, it's not something that's in the public eye. It's not like, you know, the name of a stadium or of a bridge. You know, it's not like we have the 35W bridge isn't named, you know, the Hitler bridge that we want or the John C. Calhoun bridge that we want changed. It's not like this beetle, unless you are an entomologist, a botanist or an entomologist, it wouldn't offend you in everyday life. Again, I don't think that necessarily uh, I personally I'm fine with the names being changed and those people being erased and their memory being erased. But you make a good point. See, I want to stop you there, though. Like, I, I don't think that it's a. I, I, I don't think you're saying what you mean to say there, erasing them Ooh. from history. I don't think we want to do that. We don't. We uh, we're changing it because we don't want to honor them somehow by naming something that doesn't mean it. Because we have texters saying you're Jordan is trying to kill history. No, that's not okay. what we should do. We should absolutely remember history and know that Adolf Hitler. We should never forget that Adolf Hitler was a disgusting, horrible human being. Or that slavery was wrong. That by changing these that's names, that's why we have museums. Yes, exactly. That's why we have museums. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Is I don't think we should forget these people, but the, but not forgetting them and keeping a like a school or a building named after them are two mm-hmm. entirely different things. Right. And by the way, I just opened up the text line to see these ridiculous texts. Of course, I'm not changing history. That's why these things belong in a museum. They don't belong in honor of something. And no matter what you say, when you name something after someone, it honors them. It does, even if it's a beetle or a rat or a (laughs) snake or something awful. uh, It is a a position of honor, and that's different. Uh, Please, erase history. We have many Holocaust museums that are very, very powerful. Slavery museums, absolutely these things should be history. They should be taught in the schools. I don't want to erase it. I want to teach it. But um, again, there's a difference between honor and education. Yes, I will agree with that. But part of the uh, the education to me, it moves past, like in this case, I think, it becomes the scientific term of the plant and that not a lot of people are making the connection that George, mm-hmm. uh, George Hibbert to Hibbertia. But I could be wrong. Um, it's just my, just my two cents. 
Uh, hey, I won't be planting the Hibertia okay. tree in my backyard anytime soon. Nor will soon. I be going to get a Hitler beetle. I'm sorry. I just, I'll take a pass. Uh, we talked about <laughs> we talked about our matching sweatsuits yesterday. Oh boy, did I have an experience this morning uh, to put a little uh, levity into that situation? I'll explain what it was. You don't want to miss this conversation next. 9.54, that's your Linda's Construction Time Check. Time to check out Infinity for Marvin Windows. Get 50% off installation labor uh, quickly. Well, I'm sure we're going to hear about it in CBS News. Uh, some drama on Capitol Hill today. Hunter Biden showed up to the congressional hearing and then apparently left. And it's so funny. We've got two TVs in here, one on CNN, one on Fox. CNN, Hunter Biden unexpectedly attends, then leaves House committee hearing. Fox says, Hunter Biden flees committee hearing in face of GOP questions. But he, he went he went out and talked to reporters. So uh, I'm sure Ooh. in the CBS we're going to hear from Hunter Biden. Can't there. wait. Uh, so, yeah, yesterday we were talking about matching sweatsuits. And I mentioned that Jennifer and I both have matching sweatsuits. Um, yes. unintentionally matching each other. No, she got, she other. got a, like a travel suit. That's uh, this com- cozy earth stuff. And it's just, and it's like so comfortable, she said. And the, mm-hmm. so she got me one for Christmas. They're the same color. No, we didn't get it. So we could walk around together with our matching. But anyway, this morning I got up and I thought, you know, I'm going to, we were talking about, it. it's like, we're not going to be on camera today. I can wear that, those pants into work today. Mm-hmm. So I'm in, in the dark, you know, as I always get dressed and I put on the pants, I'm like, Oh my God, what happened here? Did I like suddenly gain 78 pounds overnight? What? I put on her pants this morning <laughs> and they're Stop the same it. pants. They look identical. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, what is going on here? And then I realized she took them off their, her pants. I'm not wearing them now. Hey, you could, at least you could get them up above, you know, above your waist. Good for you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Very snug. Very, very snug. That's okay. Please take a picture of you and Ben in the matching sweatsuits. I really need to see that. At some point, we will. So, who does wear the pants in your house then? Uh, We both wear pants. I guess. He wears hers. She wears (laughs) hers. Sometimes I don't wear any. You know what I mean? It's It's all good. Um, I am using a sun lamp for the first time today, so if I'm a little uh, happier, use it up. Yes, a little more sunshiny. Let it. me know. We'll do that. We'll do that test on the air. If Jordana's in a better mood when she uses a sun lamp while doing the show, we'll keep going with that. Does that mean that um, Jen like threw her dirty pants on your side of the room and then you? No, they were folded up. Oh, and mm. they were clean, and it was just it was in our closet. And I thought maybe she had just set my pants over there, and I put them on. Mm. And I'm like, oh my god! Like it was. It was a moment of fear, like, oh, my God, how does one gain 100 pounds overnight? But anyway, uh, quick takes coming up. DJ, Uh, hockey legend hangs it up after 60 years behind the mic and uh, a new fan favorite is back at McDonald's. We'll talk about both of those coming up in quick takes. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 